Welcome to Backsliding to Glory, a progressive Christian podcast and community. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome to Backsliding to Glory. We are your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Megan. And we are Backsliding to Glory. Uh, Sorry about taking last week off. If you follow us, first of all, there's only a handful of you that are listening right now, so I don't feel too bad about skipping a week, I'll be honest with you. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you guys are fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the the other thing, though, is that um, I just I had a really, really bad week. And in particular, last Saturday when we were scheduled to record or Friday, Friday evening, maybe I can't remember. Anyway, whenever we were scheduled to record, it had been a really, really bad day and I didn't have anything to give. I just didn't have anything to give. And so we kicked the can off. But I thought, oh, hey, middle of the week, we'll get together, Megan, and talk. And we should talk specifically about that. We should talk about self-care, about how to know when you've had too much and what do you do to try to recharge your batteries a little bit. Uh, because I know I'm not the only one that, that suffers from this. Um, or maybe that's going through it right now even. So I thought that would be helpful. And then we missed our opportunity in the middle of the week because life gets out of hand for both of us. And here we are on the weekend. And honestly, I started to beg off again this weekend because I don't feel any better today than I did last weekend. Um, it is my birthday. We apparently only record on birthdays now, Megan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to limit our episodes, but uh, it will make everyone cheerful. We could pick cheerful. other people's birthdays. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. We'll, there, so you guys send in your birthday and we'll record that's on your right. birthday as well. Um yeah. So so it is it is my birthday and you would think like I mean and look it's not like I've had a bad day today I haven't I got to see my son race in a cross country meet which was cool he did very well his team actually uh his team got second overall in the like the the team when they added up the total scores or whatever so that was kind of awesome. neat Yeah exactly um and and I'm going to go hang out with my mom and dad and and some extended family this evening we're going to have a dinner together and I know that you know that will mean presents obviously which is a good thing like you can't get mad about presents so like and and here's another thing I did a I did one of those Facebook fundraisers I did one last year Yeah for uh Alzheimer's and I started to do one this year and then I decided not to because honestly at the time I was not prepared to donate myself, and I always feel oh. weird putting up a uh, fundraiser and not donating immediately, right? That's funny. Not starting it off with your own money. Yeah, I hear you. I but hear you. But then my, my mother-in-law was like, hey, put that up. I want to. I really want to do that for you again oh, this year for, my, uh, for your birthday. And so I did, and not only did she put in, it immediately got funded and then some. It's over yeah. its funding goal already, so that was really exciting. Awesome. Um, so yeah, there's been good stuff today. Cool. But here, here's here's what I here's where I am, Megan, and I know that many people listening to this, I know that they can uh, commiserate with it because I see them talk about it sometimes online. That is sure. one thing I love about uh, us progressive Christians. We wear our feelings on our sleeve, and oh we gosh, tend to we share. Yep, uh, which is good, right? That's very healthy, and I think sure. our society at large, or the American society especially, is not that way in general. Um. So, like, first thing, just having a large family of young children and and a wife is very complicated and brings with it its own stressors. Like, life is hard, right? My dad's mm-hmm. life was hard. It, it's just hard being a guy who's trying to manage a family and income mm-hmm. and business and everything else. So sure. I've got all of those stressors like everybody else. But the thing that, like, puts me over the top, I feel like, is that I do, I literally worry about the fact that our president is currently trying to start World War III over mm-hmm. some b- Excuse me very much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to remember to beep that. But it is. It's nonsense. 
and he's trying to start a war to stall the discussion of impeachment, uh, very mm-hmm. honestly, which should have happened mm-hmm. three years ago, so we shouldn't even mm-hmm. be in this predicament anyway. But that is all something that I try to mostly keep out of my head on a day-to-day basis. I worry mm-hmm. about the fact that my children, all four of them now, are in school, which is no longer a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a daily worry for me. I yeah, literally... Totally have the amount of emotional baggage that I have carrying around for crap like that is piling Mm -hmm. up, honestly. And so my question is to you, because I know that you also feel these ways. I know you Mm -hmm. also have a young family. I know you also have an entrepreneurial spirit and and a series of gigs that you put together Mm -hmm. to make, you know, ends literally meet. How do you know when your meter is empty, how do you, because we don't have a gauge, right? There's no sure. thermometer to stick anywhere <laughs> and take the temperature on whether or not we're done. How do you know when you're done? And then once you're done, once you do recognize it before you jump off a cliff or have your, I keep telling my wife, I feel like like one more thing and I might have my Michael Douglas falling down moment. It's one of my favorite uh. films. You know, like he's, I can't remember now why he has his, he's in traffic jam, I think. And he snaps, but that movie is about a guy going over the edge and, and becoming no longer a member of society, deciding today I'm no longer a member of this civilization. And some days I feel like that. I feel, I had a great conversation with my best friend the other day. And he's like, I think, I think honestly, a large portion of society right now sits in that space most days and even assuming that we all hold it together which is the thing that's most likely for me right i'm gonna pull my crap together tomorrow i'll go to church monday i'll go back to work that's most likely to happen but even if we all do that how much productivity are we losing as a civilization and society because we're all like not even so low-key existentially dreading Mm -hmm. all of these things like i mean don't you feel and, you know, I think the irony is that uh, a lot of the people who are supporting this administration also feel that way. They just feel it about, you know, they're Brown sure that the world is ending because, yeah, and, exactly. And Libby, Libby commie socialists, we're all going right, to steal their right. retirement money. Right, right. So, yeah, so nobody's to some happy. Degree, I do empathize with that because I know what it feels like to be terrified. I mean, I think we all do. I. It's just, okay, so... My birthday is five days before 9-11. I turned 18 that year. So there were five good days. (laughs) And then the rest of my adult life has been endless war and terror. And the reality is, and I look back now and, oh my gosh, it's been, so I'm 36 now. So half of my life has been post-18 and half was pre-18. And 9-11 was right there in the middle. And, uh... The terrorists won. They did. They won. They totally won. We are all terrified all the time. Yeah, they and fundamentally changed our society. Like Completely. And we let them. And we helped them. I mean, we like leaned right into it. We did exactly what the goal was. And man, how weird is that? But if the goal of terrorism is to terrorize, well, here we all are. And I don't know how to... <laughs> I mean, you ask me if I, like how I know when I'm done. Yeah, how do you uh, know when you're done? How do you know when you're? It's, it's when I can't get out of bed that day. I mean, it's like I I I go all the way. <laughs> you know, it's uh, 
but uh, yeah, the day after the election, I couldn't get out of bed after the 2016 election. Like I, I managed, you know, I got to the bathroom and I possibly fed myself once or twice, but I was not able to function other than just pulling a blanket over my head. So I try to not get to that point. Uh, I try to watch for the signs, you know, try to try to know that it's getting bad, try to ask for help if I can. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a magic solution because I don't always, <laughs> I don't always stop myself from getting there. Um, well, and the, and particularly sometimes around here, it feels like there is no, like you can't take a day off either. Right. <laughs> right. Because right? nobody, right. like there are so many of them and there are so few of us. Right. It feels right. like anyway. And, it totally, uh, it totally I mean, does. I, here's the thing that has, here's the thing that has put me back in this mood today, Megan. I literally just argued with like seven different people on Facebook that redskin wasn't a racist term. Oh God. Like of all the Y'all, redskin, I don't even want, I can't believe I just said it. The R word yeah, that is used to refer to American Indians, to, to indigenous people of the, of North America is not an acceptable term. Don't argue with me about it. If you think it is, you're wrong. Yeah, man. Like, I I don't... So, the, one of the schools at the cross-country meet, that was their mascot. Stop! No. no one of the school, right? Because your kid's like eight. Not not my school. Yeah, it's an elementary school. But yeah, right. not, not my kid's school. But one of the other schools was a... Uh, uh, a the Redskin. Uh, excuse me, the, the R word. Yes, yes, you're right. And, Come on. All right. I mean, well, so that's 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 how it started. My wife made a post about it, and like four or five people were like, "Well, look, it's just the intent. Words aren't racist." I'm like, "Okay." And okay. This, and some what of them intent said, does it have? Well, and and the the <laughs> the argument that I heard from one person was, "Well, I've heard Native Americans that call themselves that," and I'm like, "Okay." Cool. And some African Americans use the N word. Do we want the yep. local elementary school mascot changed to that? Is it like right. these are these things are equivalent? Right. I cannot believe. Like, and that's right. This and is, it is. This is what I'm saying. Like I don't. So there's not. I don't ever feel like. You were talking about like where you you try not to get yourself to that like wall crashing position, yeah. and I feel like I have been coasting the past couple of weeks, trying to lay off, trying to lay back, trying to give myself some more grace and space, trying not to care as much on it, trying not to be involved or active as much, specifically because I knew I was full. And mm-hmm. and then like that that's an argument that I got to have this morning. Man. It's a uh, did anyone come at you with the cracker excuse? With yes. The, like, well, literally they somebody said I'm yeah, yeah. offended by okay. cracker, we need to change saltines. Okay, okay then change them. I don't that. care. But also there is no uh there is no lever of power. There is no the historical example. Exactly. No There's one no uses the word example. cracker to oppress anyone or as a as a mode of oppression because actually words do matter. You know, it's the same damn people who are like, every word in the Bible is true. Oh, I thought words didn't matter. Oh, the Bible's, oh, it's okay. You know, I mean, it's just, argh. yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm just gonna get you more riled up. What, what were you thinking calling me? Because I had a terrible morning also. Um, so, yeah, yeah don't just, tell it. Tell tell the uh, listeners <sighs> those that that don't that haven't followed your Twitter lately. Tell the listeners about what happened today. Where did you go today? So what I had to do today. So I am uh, one of my day jobs. Uh, I'm a recruitment person for an adult education center, and I love what we do. I legitimately believe in 
um, the power of education and in uh, giving people tools to really sort of take back and wield their own power um, and remind them that they do matter and do have do have autonomy and agency and love it. I love what we do. And I, I, and I also like love words and love reading. And I get, I love that I get to impart them upon people for fun and, 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 uh, learning. So I did an outreach event today that was a, it was called a block party. It wasn't really a block party. It was in a park block parties. If I remember correctly, you actually close off a block of the street, but maybe that's just in the Yankee world. So down here. So anyway, it's a block party that was run by a crisis pregnancy center um, of which we have several in Lafayette, though we do not have a single place where a person could receive abortion services or low income pregnancy prevention services, such as getting a free IUD the way Planned Parenthood will give sliding scale IUDs or birth control pills or anything like that. So the problem with pregnancy clinics. I really recommend, um, actually John Oliver, I think did a thing about them and it was very good. You know, it's funny and snarky. I'll I'll put that in the links too. sweary and has lots of naughty words and probably don't watch it with your kids around, but it's very good. And it really sort of exposes what these places do in a way that I think is honest. I think it was John Oliver. It's possible it was Samantha, but I think it was John. Samantha might've done one too, but I've, I've seen John do one. Yeah. So that they're the main trick they use is they basically tell women like, okay, we, we, we'll get you in for this appointment. Here's they'll lie about how big the fetus is. And then they'll make a later appointment and later. And basically they stall the woman until it is too late for her to, to have an abortion if she wants one. So it's emotionally manipulative. They specifically prey on low income women because from what I hear, there are a couple of OBs who will perform private abortions for wealthy women in this town, which is, you know, a service that wealthy women everywhere have. They could also get on an airplane and go to New York or, or Chicago or wherever and get one in a very nice clinic there. In Louisiana, there are only three places in the whole state where one can receive abortion services. Uh, one's in Shreveport, one's in Baton Rouge, and one's in New Orleans. Um, as far as like public clinics, uh, there are some private doctors who will perform them. There are plenty of private doctors who will perform, you know, uh, one for a medical situation. Most OBs will do that, though some even will not, you know, if like somebody's dying or if the baby doesn't have a head or something like that. So, yeah, that's it. So anyway, they hosted a block party and I went because uh, it's a recruitment opportunity because they are catering to a low-income community who often don't have education and it was fairly effective to be there and I did it and it was awful and I hated every minute of it and um, it was really gross and there were like plastic fetuses and (laughs) I said it on Twitter and somebody said you should take (laughs) take it and be like ooh king cake baby (laughs) 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 so that made me feel better thank you Twitter person for cheering me up Uh, but anyway just I just I hate participating in uh, anything that supports or legitimizes. Um, the other thing is these crisis pregnancy centers, you know, they're very much marginalized in the entire developing world or developed world. And, you know, they do exist in New York and San Francisco, but they're, you know, they're not considered legitimate by anyone. But here they're like, 
a member of the local social services agency uh, group. And, you know, they're like, the their representatives are like on all the board. Like, they're legitimized. They're one of the gang. And I hate it. So That was my day, and so I'm just really mad about it. And then I really stupidly read the KTC comments. Our KTCs are t- local news station, and they have a very terrible Facebook page that's a cesspool of humanity. And I read the comments about the climate march last night, and I never should have done that. And so now... Yeah, I finally had to unfollow our local, <laughs> I, and one of them is really good. Like they post, they post some, they post some really great stories occasionally, and the people behind the social media are clearly fairly progressive, mm-hmm. and they do a good job of not trying to poke the bear. Like they don't post mm-hmm. things to be, um, you know, controversial, but at the same time, they don't shy away from posting news. Just because mm-hmm. they know mm-hmm. all of the comments will be a cesspool. And I sure. love that. Sure. But you're right. I can't, like, it doesn't bring me anything. I don't sure. gain anything from reading those. I just remind myself that most of my neighbors hate me and anyone that mm-hmm. doesn't look like them. So mm-hmm. here we sit. It's a real challenge. I mean, it's a real challenge. And it is, it's a place where for me, faith and service actually help. Um, it helps me to to know that. It helps me to remind myself that even the terrible people are images of God. Mm. And I had an interesting discussion the other night. There's there's a guy who goes to my church who I really like. Um, he and his wife, uh, they she actually attended seminary and so has a sort of deep Presbyterian theological education. He came all sorts of directions. He grew up in the church, but you know, kind of went all kinds of directions. But has a, just a really you know, he's obviously extremely well-read in philosophy, Eastern, Western, religious, and so on. Um, but he was talking about how he thinks it's really interesting that the only dichotomy that we will assign to God is good versus evil. Like, no one would say, God is tall, God is not short. God is fat, God is not thin. Like, no, God is both fat and thin. God is short and tall. God is male and female. God is... but. We have this idea like, no, God can only be good. God cannot be evil. And so he suggested like, instead of this phrase, God is good, why don't you flip it around and say good is God? And I was like, whoa. (laughs) But it was basically with the question of like, what do you do about evil? How do you reconcile that some things are evil? And he said, well, you know, God is everything. So maybe it's more complicated than a dichotomy of good versus evil. You know, maybe you need to recognize that, like, the kingdom of God, if we're going to build it, it has to include everybody. And that sucks. (laughs) That's my addition. I mean, it does. It's hard. Like, I don't want to include some of these people. I don't want to, like, I I mean, I don't think heaven will look like a big banquet table, but I don't want to get to heaven and have it be a big banquet table and be looking across the table. And, you know, there's Hitler. There's Pol Pot. But also, my theology leads me to believe that, yeah, actually, those two people are made in the image of God. And that doesn't mean that they didn't do horrible things, the worst things. But is it possible that there's something more complex there that I'm not going to be able to understand, that they're, the bad things they did are not the sum total of them, and there's something... Oh, man... I don't even, ugh. So it's like, yeah, it's just, so I try to remind myself that the KATC commenters, I need them.
<laughs> and well, they are at least built in the they god are created in the image of a creator god yes, yes. yeah god wants yes. them whether whether yes. we want them or not god yes. wants them yes and as and i don't get to choose whether or not i see them in the image of god because they are whether or not i think they're heads. sorry you're gonna have to bleep another one and thank goodness right because that means <laughs> they don't get to choose either right right because that's the alternative if, yep. if if we if we got to draw the line mm-hmm. on God's grace, then so would some of them. I mean, this is yeah. literally the argument. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now see, now you're talking me back down off the ledge. This is literally yeah. the argument okay. that, I gave, that I gave to my father about. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the argument about why we don't want to uh, have a Muslim ban. And he's like, "But what do you mean?" And I said, "Dad." <laughs> What happens when the whole country is Muslim and they decide to have a Baptist ban? Huh? Right. Huh, right. Dad? <laughs> right. Um, right. So, so what do you do to feed yourself, Megan? Because that's so. So here's let me tell you a few of the things that I did. I've played a lot more video games in the last mm-hmm. week, week and a half than I normally do. And and honestly, thank God for them. Apple came out with a very affordable subscription service. I'm playing a bunch of these mm. Apple Arcade games. I even I, I started a podcast about it. Me and my sons and cool. My wife are you and your do, son started a podcast. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm oh. gonna get them to do. I the first episode just has me on it, but I'm gonna get my wife and my and my boys to do, and my girls too eventually. But my boys to start with because they've they'll they're a little bit more articulate at this point. Sure, they're older. And my oldest in particular, I've been talking to him about like actual commentary and critique mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way to break down something and how cr- critique mm-hmm. doesn't mean necessarily negativity it means to break down the pieces of it and try to understand what they were doing to create it and why it's good sure. or why it's bad and etc cetera, etc cetera. why we like it more than others why some people like it more than we do mm-hmm. whatever so this would be a great opportunity to do that it's also like it's a niche that nobody else is in, and I s- sort of saw a window. So, and it's a real good excuse to play video games on a more regular basis. Yeah. So I've been playing some very artful video games, relaxing video games, like peaceful music and and cool mm-hmm. mechanics and and stuff like that. I have tried not to read Twitter as much and read mm-hmm. more long form stuff. I, I'm reading a novel for another show I do about Anne Rice's work, so I'm, I've spent some time with the vampires, which their world is dark, but it's much better than ours, if I'm being frank. Joel, for a half second, you said Anne Rice, and my brain went to Ayn Rand, and I was like, what? What did and he then, say? Then I caught up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got there. Got there. I know. No. Yeah, <laughs> vampires, is, just vampires not just... libertarians. I like the yeah. other kind of Woo. bloodsuckers. <laughs> So, so that's that's what I've been doing. I trying to spend more time with my wife, you know, listening to good music. I've listened to the High Women. The uh, oh, they're so good. It is, Everybody out there needs to be listening to them. If you have not been listening to them, it's the best thing since Lizzo. <laughs> it's it's really really good. It's a need that isn't. Beyonce, Rihanna, Lizzo, or the High Women. I'm I'm not gonna name all their <laughs> names because I can't remember all of them specifically. But it's like six women, and then the some of their songs feature even other women that aren't technically part of the group. I don't think, but you know, came in as featured voices. Anyway, it is a fantastic uh, amalgamation of beautiful musicians and artists, and then the songs that they've chosen are also so fraught and completely full of wonderful imagery and over overcoming obstacles and justice and i mean it is a very empowering and wonderful album um yeah it's fun to be able to listen to country music 
Well, you know, I mean, country music in the last, uh, I mean, people like to say like country music has always been hillbilly yeehaw. It's like, yeah, hillbilly yeehaw used to be subversive as heck. Yeah. Um, and it, but it has gone really, you know, bro country is really taken over. And I, I mean, I actually don't hate bro country as much as I'm probably supposed to. Um, but it's fun to listen to country that feels subversive the way really old country did. Well, I mean, it, and I don't know if, if anyone else is interested, but if you're like me and sort of overlooked that it had started, Ken Burns' documentary on PBS is going right now. I think it's actually finished airing, but you can still stream it and things like that. It's running and reruns. It's called Country Music. It's like 16 hours, and he goes through the entire 20th century. The roots of country music come from the same place that blues and rock and roll and jazz. All of American music is effectively, it starts in one stew, and then the the people focus on different aspects of it, and and out comes jazz, out comes rock and roll and rhythm and blues, and out comes country music, and all of them start with struggle, oppression. They start with downtrodden, blue collar uh, troubles. They start with this feeling that I'm having. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. literally, totally, exactly, of, existential of crises of people being oppressed by by the worst parts of capitalist crony. Uh, uh, not always capitalist. I mean, it used to be uh, uh, monarchist, and you know, but but the oppressive systems. The bosses. The boss. Yeah. I've I've been using the word the bosses. boss systems. Like, yeah. Because that's what it always comes. Sometimes the bosses were nobility. Sometimes the bosses mm-hmm. are literal bosses. Sometimes mm-hmm. the bosses are government officials. Sometimes but, they're bad churches. Sometimes they're bad churches. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, it's. Mm-hmm. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, I immediately go to him, his character. That's anytime I think about the oppressive oh. church, I think about that uh, the, the cartoon Quasimodo. character in front of the fire, uh, <laughs> having the lustful vision of Esmeralda. <laughs> Disney made a good one with that one. Um, anyway, but wait, didn't they not kill them at the end? I don't think they do. Ki- but see, again, that's I. I think it's like uh, I think it's like Humperdinck in Princess Bride. You let him live with his shame. You know, he's defeated. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Publicly yeah. humbled. Right. Uh, and I don't know. I live. still like. A, I like. A, oh no, no. It's but at the end of the actual book, the Hunchback and Esmeralda are, are walled into a tomb and die. Of, oh, I didn't know. See, I've never read the book. <laughs> never read the book. <laughs> it's a horrifying ending. It's very Victor Hugo, who likes to just just. I mean, he's Les Mis Rob. You know, he's the, he's the tragic guy. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Les Mis is a sad movie. It ends very, very... All, this is, is going to shock you, but a movie called The Miserables <laughs> is not a happy one. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was less miserables. See, I thought at the end they were less <laughs> right. yeah. miserable than they were at the beginning. Nope. See, um, North Louisiana, man, you don't know your French. So what do you do? What do you do to refill? What do you what do you do to refill? What's fun for Megan? Uh, trash mostly. I when I need uh, like really to let my brain be lie fallow a bit. Um, I tend to read lighter books. I really like um, like mystery novels set in somewhat historic eras featuring women detectives, which is a whole giant genre <laughs> so uh i like them because i like feisty women i like the little whodunit aspect because like you almost feel like your brain's a little bit working but not like hard um and i like that the bad guy always gets got at the end so 
uh, that's a nice, that's a nice escape for me. I like watching TV shows that I've already seen all of. Sometimes I'll do funny things like watch it in Spanish with the subtitles on <laughs> Spanish subtitles. Um, that's a very good language learning trick, by the way. If you have a favorite TV show, watch it. People are like, oh, I'll watch it in Spanish with the English subtitles on. It's like, no, you'll just read it in English. But if you've already seen it, if you already know how The Office goes, if you already know how whatever your favorite thing is. Um, uh, Cheers. I'm watching through Cheers, Cheers right now, for instance. The Golden totally, Girls, yeah. whatever you love. Um watch it but also um i watch call the midwife again that's a new thing that i've been doing the last few years call the midwife is the only television show that matters as far as i'm concerned um <laughs> it's the only good one all the rest of them are bad <laughs> i don't believe in dichotomies except that one um <laughs> so uh, i also for me i find it valuable to um to do service which i know does not work for everyone uh and I think I have to be careful because I don't want it to sound like, well, go hang out with people who have a more miserable life than you do because it'll make you feel better. But more, I just think it actually is a balm for my soul. Like I I need to do things and be productive and feel like I fixed something um, or like I at least helped something or worked against the forces that – cause the trouble well the, i i think you're i think you're absolutely onto something there and and you're 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 also right that not everyone and not every not every time is that possible right. but if you can find it in yourself to get out there and and go do something for somebody today yeah it's not it's not just the i mean i i will say there is an aspect of seeing reframing your own circumstances that can be mm -hmm. helpful sure. but it's more than that. What it what it actually is about is about getting a win, because I think a lot of what I feel is that on a day to day basis and a week to week basis and a month to month basis, I don't see progress. I see my mm -hmm. effort, right? I see mm -hmm. I, it's a Sisyphean task. I'm pushing yeah. this rock up this damn hill, and every day here I am at the bottom, and there's buzzards coming again. Like, mm -hmm. and yet. When I go and bring somebody a hot meal or visit somebody in the nursing home or make that contact with a young uh, uh, adult in my community that needs, you know, uh, a second chance at education like you did today, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is a win. You go, oh, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. made a difference for that yep. person. Like you're yeah. yes, in the course of yeah, society, yeah. maybe the heat death of the universe is still all coming for all of us. Right. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> Bob yeah. had a better day today because of what I yeah. did. I yeah. did in fact matter. Yeah. This this thing, my care, my effort, you know, had an effect. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's easy to uh discount the how powerful it can be to just walk next to one person. Or just help out one person. Um, but it is actually. Like like you feel like you take all these losses in this global level. Right? Like oh it turns out three billion birds are dead. What? Like that's huge. Well I can't save all the birds. I can't do that. Um, and it actually is okay for me to humble myself and say I can't save all the birds. But you know what I can do? I can work a shift at the soup kitchen. I can do that. And I also think just like the physicality of getting out and doing something, because I'm definitely like a lay in bed, read a book, pull the blanket over my head type. And I think actually like making my body move and forcing my systems to keep going and my heart to keep beating and my brain to keep functioning, um, it helps. So you go oh, moan old lady's lawn. 
I also think, though, that it's really important to remember that in the story that give, that comes from Matthew 25, where we get that famous line that's all of our favorite line, um, what you did to the least of these, you also did to me. Remember that Jesus himself, in parable form, took the role of the person who needed help, not the person who was helping. So Jesus didn't say, look, see, I helped these people, so you have to do it too. Jesus stepped into the role of the person who needed the helping, so it is okay to need help. Even Jesus needed help. God needs help. God needs our hands and feet. That's, that's, we're, we're all God's God. <laughs> so um, it's okay to sometimes be the one who's helped. There is no shame in it. There's no uh, lack of dignity. There's no lack of utility. There's no lack of liberty. You are, you're doing God's work by sometimes letting somebody else be a blessing. That's a powerful statement too. And I think a really good place actually to end it on. Um, yeah. Other than I will say, since we quoted everybody in the last episode, <laughs> I loved, I love, I love that we went uh, <laughs> Martin Luther to Oscar Wilde. You know, everyone that you meet is going through a hard battle. Everybody, the things that you are feeling, the th- the people around you are also feeling those are very similar feelings. They have similar issues in their families or in their jobs or in their churches that you don't see on their face. So the guy that's a a-hole in line at Starbucks, if you can, try to imagine that he's probably being that way because he's had a horrible day and he's in a bad place. Um, and so if you are too, maybe give him a, gra- him a little bit of grace. If you see any of this in your loved ones, then maybe just give them a hug. Uh, you don't have to dive into it. You don't have to get into their stuff if you don't want to or they're not a sharer. But you can give them a hug anyway because I got to tell you, I could have used a few the last few days. If you see me in the next couple of days, give me a hug specifically. <laughs> I am asking for them. I would like – I am soliciting. I'm a hug solicitor. Look at that. Come through, Rusted. <laughs> for real. For real. <laughs> Hey, you, off topic, and I don't want to get into it today, but have you seen the movie Downsizing with Matt Damon? No. Okay. Should I? Um, it, maybe. I, I think it's on. I think it's on a couple of streaming services. Uh, I'll I'll look it up, and if it is, I'll try to put a link in the show notes. Actually, if it's like on Netflix or Hulu, or I think I think it's on Amazon Prime. If I'm being honest, anyway, if it, if I can find it, I'll put a link to where you can find it. But okay, I we bought it a million years ago when it first came out because it looked like kind of a cute comedy, and I saw it was on sale, so I got it for like five bucks or something. And it's been sitting there in our digital library, and we just hadn't watched it. Well, Kelly watched it um, like a week ago or a week and a half ago without me, and then enjoyed it so much, but not like she didn't rave about it. She just said it was very thought provoking and. I would really like you to watch it because I want to talk to you about it. I'm like, okay. So it took us like two nights to get through it. It's long. It's like two and a half hours long, actually. The movie, as it was presented in the trailers, is not what that movie is. The trailers made it seem a very lighthearted comedy about this idea of shrinking people, you know, to save money. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, that's not, I mean, that is what the film is about, but the, the film is much more than that. And the mm-hmm. final 
message of the film actually I feel like ties in a lot to what we were just saying uh, uh, the idea of both yes okay sometimes service is how you come through these feelings in these places but also it's fine to need to be served uh, both of those things and the concept of being overwhelmed of having too much I think there's a lot in that film that actually speaks to some of that mm-hmm. I, like I say I'm going to see if we can find a, a link to it where it's easily streamed nobody needs to go out and purchase it it's not that great a film but <laughs> if you have a chance check it out because I do think sometime yeah. in the future Megan and I might have a little conversation at least about that concept as it plays out in the film and the storyline because I, I think it's kind of interesting and I I would I really would like to get your take on it. Actually, it just occurs to me in in uh, in relation to what we were talking about today. Thank you. By the way, you did make me feel better. Oh, good. I'm glad. You it's did. sometimes also just like hanging out with friends, right? Like yeah, it feels man. cliche, but like just hanging and talking, and sometimes just a little bit outside your zone, like you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't find that friend who you don't talk to that much, or who you even don't know that well, or something, and just kind yeah. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, creative pursuits, too. I find that that is a, that's a big, you know, if you paint or if you write or if you, you know, sing or draw or whatever. And if you don't, you can do those things anyway. We are made in the image of a creator god. We are all creators. So just do Happy it. Happy little mistakes. That's you don't what, have to be good at it. That's what Bob said. Um, all right. Okay. Megan, where can everybody find you online? At Megan Romer. And you can find me at The Rogue's Life on Twitter. Uh, And uh, yeah, until next week, we have been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Megan. And we are Backsliding to Glory. If you know someone who would enjoy Backsliding to Glory, please share the show with them today. And send us your comments and feedback backsliding to glory at gmail.com or find us on Twitter backslide to glory. <laughs>